Yeah, I thought it was it was brave from Darren Cave here last week and mm. Stephen Ferris to be slating Munster, yeah. so, slating Munster so much, and then they're playing them the next week. I'm, I was there going, "You're slating Just Munster. You better make sure you win." Joe presents House of Rugby United Rugby Championship together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Welcome back to House of Rugby, sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Much like this season pushing on, we're pushing on as well. We're missing Jason, unfortunately, with a close contact, but we have the lovely Megan back, and we have a great guest coming that Megan will introduce in a second. But this weekend, we'll be going through three games. We have Munster, Ulster, the Derby. We have Edinburgh Cardiff, and we have Glasgow Osprey. So loads of rugby to talk about. And uh, yeah, Megan's back. Yes, I'm back instead of rugby lad this week, and Darren's not with us this week, but we have a lovely guest. Munster and Connacht legend Ian Keatley. So welcome to the show, Ian. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks a million for having me. And uh, sorry about looking like a big bottle of Fanta. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a pumpkin. Yeah. You're actually one of our first... Um, you joined our show right at the beginning when me and Jason actually just got thrown together. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's great to have you here on the video version of the show. But we're going to drive straight into the matches for this weekend. Now, we only have three of them. Um, three really, really good games. Um, you gave Munster a really tough time last week. I think so did most of the Munster fans. They were really, really poor. It's a shame we don't have Darren here to like go through the, the Ulster game. But um, yeah. huge win for Munster, uh, for Munster. 18, Ulster 13. Really dominating um, start from Ulster. I was actually really surprised that Munster took the win in the end. You know, they were a bit slow, a little bit sloppy. The red card. Red card from Simon yeah. Zebo. Um, yeah, I felt really bad, actually. We kind of gave Munster a grill in last week. I don't know if you saw Keats, and I was like, oh, probably shouldn't have gone that hard in the lads, like, because I used to be a Munster as well, and that's where I actually first met Keats. Yeah. He was terrible, really, really mean to me, bullied me. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the nicest guys in the, in the team, so it's great to see you again. Haven't seen you since... What, a couple of years ago? Four know, years? I think you've had a, a bit of a journey since then, Greg. But, uh, a little bit of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a journey. But yeah, listen, I've been watching the press during the week and everyone giving the Munster a hard time. And I was like, mm. I was in that position. And I, I know because you try so hard during the week and even the coaches are trying so hard. So to see a lot of, of ex-Munster players as well and Munster fans giving them such a hard time, it kind of... I was like, okay, I've been there, so mm. I, I, I'd like to stand up for them. I was like, I think Munster guys need, need a bit of a voice. And uh, mm. I was just, for one, I was absolutely delighted. Like, it wasn't the, the most clinical performance yet, but it's great to see them winning after such a, such a, a poor start in the first 20 minutes, as you said, Meg. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that you're saying that because, like, as a player as well, it's so tough when you get such bad feedback after one, you know, poor game. Like, it, you know, it was hard. Like, it's been really inconsistent with, you know, there's a bit of drama over there with the coaching staff and we don't really know what's kind of going behind closed doors. But, um, you know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't their best performance last week, but it was a vast improvement this week. And I thought there was some really, really great play and I sh they definitely showed a lot of grit, determination. Yeah, exactly. Well, to grind it out the, like in, with 14 yeah. men. Yeah, but Keith, you're probably best placed to see the mindset of the players down there with not showing what's going on with coaching staff. Would that affect their gameplay that much or what, what's the vibe like down there at the moment? Um, it is. It's it's a difficult part of the season. Obviously, they're affected by COVID. Stuck over in South Africa for two weeks. Then they came back. The Leinster match got called off. Yeah. Then a few of them um, played the Connacht game, and then the other half played the the Ulster game. So they haven't actually kind of jailed as a team yet mm. together. So, and I think there is at rugby like the more times you can play together, jail together, the better your performance can be. So I hope there is like 
it was obviously rusty against Connacht. Still rusty again against Ulster, but they got the win, which is the main thing. Yeah. So let's hopefully now they kick on in, in Europe now this weekend. Yeah. Do you think they're lacking um, a lot of talk about saying they don't have much. There's no sign of any game, um, like gameplay, like a ga- game plan. Sorry. Like, what do you think they have a game plan? What's the they're looking ahead for Monster? What does it look like no. for the next few well, weeks? Well, from my opinion from the outside in it looks like they do have a game plan but it doesn't mm. seem to be that creative in my opinion but that's not down to players I think that's down to the coaching staff who are having a change uh, of honour or not change of honour what's change of guards change of guard. so yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think would you, in the game plan Keith I know you probably can't give us too much detail but mm. what, what's it looking like down there because it seems to be a very box kick orientated and and uh, not much creativity but you tell me yeah I wouldn't say everyone's saying it's a box kick it, it's a pressure based yeah. game yeah. and it's the same way South Africa play South Africa, I think they got pretty good results for that. Yeah. It's the same way uh, England played and they got to the final of the World Cup. The same way Saracens, Saracens play, who have won a few league leagues themselves. So it works. Yeah, and it's very stat-based orientated, which it's, sometimes it's not pleasing on the eye. And when, when you do win the match, mm-hmm. the fans are like, okay, it's a win, it's good, okay, not big. But when you lose, yeah, they sure, do. They, you know, and it's been the same. It's it's the Munster DNA. It's mm. the way they've been playing. It's the way they've they've had success when O'Gara and Stringer are there. They always talk about Stringer, uh, Stringer kicking O'Gara kicking to the mm. corners. It's it's a very like keep the pressure on. You're not so going to put your own name in there now. Keatley, the way Keatley kicked to the corners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I had that 50 22 rule, I was like, oh, oh I would have yeah. oh, been a god. Yeah, so it was, that was my main, that was my main game. That was, was your thing. Yeah, but as I said, like kicking to the corners, like it's not, people don't get up off their feet with excitement because it's like a kick to the corner. It's like, oh, yeah, good kick. Well yeah. Done. Yeah. But like a line break or a, an offload is what the fans want and it's the entertainment. So that's what's wrong with Munster a little bit yeah. at the moment. It's yeah. just the entertainment factor. Uh, teams want to be entertained, and there is that little bit of enviness of like Leinster, who who have a really good mix. Like they're exciting attacking rugby. They still have a good kicking game, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I think if all the teams have that little bit of they're a little bit jealous of the way Leinster play. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where we all need to get to. Yeah, Leinster are exciting at the moment. Like, yeah. but hopefully there's a couple of people maybe coming in, which we'll touch on later in the show, coming into Munster that might make it more creative. But to actually talk about the game, Munster won 18-13, as you said, Megan, and there was a little bit of drama beforehand. Peter Manny didn't uh, make it to the pitch for some reason that Keatley won't tell me why, but I'm <laughs> presuming it was some sort of little knock. I hope he's all right. Um, Ty Byrne came in for him and Alex Kendellen came onto the bench. What did you make of their performance, Ian? Yeah, not a bad replacement to have for Peter Mann. He is Ty Byrne came in and I think he was the, the standout player. He that's why he showed what that's why he's he's a Lions player. He came in, some crucial turnovers, some uh, some lovely hands, some great line out work, and then Kendellen came in and mm. scored the crucial try. Bit bit of a fluke, but uh, the way it just bounced into him. But it was great play by Munster before that in the build-up to it. Yeah, Tyg was um, fantastic. It was actually his 30th birthday as well, and he got player of the match. Uh, huge, like you said, three massive turnovers in the game, and he was outstanding. Really, kind of uh, nailed down that that position, you know, because he was starting on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, well, I, I'd say Tyg Byrne is arguably the best poacher in the world at the moment. Like he just is unbelievable at it. I don't know, does he practice that much down in training? Ian. <laughs> yeah, I say it was. It, I don't know how he finds that space. I saw a nice quote. It was like, uh, Ty Burns getting into space where, where water wouldn't even get in. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I remember we played against him when he played with Scarlets and Felix Jones had us targeting him. Blue scrum cap, blue scrum cap. You see a blue scrum cap, you get there before he gets there. Because if you wait, 
he's, he's in and he's got the ball mm-hmm. and he's so good at staying in there. So, uh, yeah. listen, I think he's probably the form uh, player in the league right now. Yeah, yeah no, he, he's incredible. And Alex Kendellan had a great game as well. He's come from PBC, I, I presume, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he just signed a two-year contract there on Wednesday. So it was great to get him signed on, but got his first try. As you said, it was a little bit of a fluky one, but he still had to be there to get it. And it was very, uh, it was a big moment in the game. And another big game, big try in the game was Craig Casey's pass. And you want to like talk about the conditions. How ridiculous was that pass for Haley's try? Yeah, I think you saw at the start of the game that the ball was a bit like a bar of soap. Yeah, it was lashing down. For oh, a while, it was lashing it? down. And sometimes you can't see it. I'm watching that at home on TV and I'm like, it doesn't look like it's raining at all. Yeah. And then even when the rain stops, the ball is still greasy. So for Craig to throw that pass off the base for 25, nearly 30 metres, <laughs> that takes some skill. And yeah, Seriously. it was lovely by Craig. Yeah, unbelievable skill for the lads to be able to play under that kind of um, those conditions as well. Because like you were saying, it was it was lashing down. Huge kick from Craig Casey as well to tee up that huge hit on the pool at fullback. Mike Lowry and uh, Simon Zebo red carded. What, do you think there was a red card? Because the referee actually was going in for a, a yellow card at the beginning. Yeah, it was funny the dynamic of the talk between the referee and the TMO. Uh, I think the referee had kind of decided that... Uh, it was going to be a yellow card and then the TMO comes yeah. in. Eh, would you like to take another look at that? Which <laughs> yeah. is almost like secret code for red card, red card, red card. But uh, I think you can see by the reaction from Mike Larry, he gets up straight away. None of the Ulster players react that bad. Even the referee at the time was saying like, oh, I, I, he didn't even go back to it. The TMO goes, check that. Yeah. So, and Mike Lowry actually got up and carried on running. Yeah, I was yeah. like, fair play to him because that was some hit to the face. Yeah. He had a he had a super game. They looked like they were really going for him as well because he's only a small guy, so they were yeah. giving him some that hits. Was, that was part of it. Yeah, there was Ian was getting to there. He's a small guy and he crouched. Yeah. So, and Zewok did kind of bend at the hips, but he still caught him high. Yeah. But as you said, Keith, the players around didn't react to it, which says a lot. That should be a big indicator to oh, it wasn't actually that bad. But then if we're going led by the law. He yeah. did hit his mm-hmm. head and we can't can't have that in the game. But it's quite similar to Farrell's one last week in Connacht when mm. the ref was tr- like looking for mitigating factors. And I don't know what it is. Maybe is there like an overall world rugby uh, um, like instruction to try and make mitigating factors? Mm. But then TMO came in and was like, no, I think you should have another look, which yeah. is obviously like, come on, lads, that's But they actually card. let it play on. I think Simon stopped because he dislocated his finger. I think if, you, if he wasn't injured, I don't think they would have gone back to replay it because they carried on going and it was only when Simon was down on the ground that they replayed it and then they looked up yeah. to check. Yeah, what but do you um, make for Keith's red, red mm. card? Or? Yeah, I think they're trying to ban it out. And listen, it's so harsh on, on Zeebs because he's mm. coming down. Mike Larry comes, does step down a bit, but as you said, they're trying to they're trying to take it out of the game and anything to the, to the head is a red card. Now, the only way that they're going to balance that is like if... They reduced the because I think red card is six weeks minimum. So, yeah, yeah. No way. Anything, but yeah. obviously you get mitigating factors on that. Like if you've got a good record, or they can look at it again, going, okay, it's not bad. So yeah. I'd be hoping Zeebs doesn't get any uh, suspension time or only let maybe a week we because, too, yeah. as you can see, it's harsh enough. Yeah. Um, and in and fairness to, to Simon, he took it like he was. Yeah, fair. And he just went straight after. There was no complaining. Like so, letter yeah. the law. I suppose it is. Um, he's gone off the off the pitch, but once they still got the win, which is huge with a red card, um, which says a lot about their 
grit, as you said a while ago, Megan, mm. which is really, really positive for Munster. But then again, on the flip side of that, Ulster, you got to be beating a team that only has 14 men. Like, yeah. I know they got a yellow um, with, uh, it was uh, Treadwell against Shane Daly. Yeah. What did you make of that incident, Keats? Yeah, we're just talking Injury. about you have to start going lower in your tackles because yeah. of the Zebo. And then there's one guy who goes extra low and ends up tipping and tips him onto his shoulder back and it's a yellow card but yeah that's another game changing moment then all of a sudden it's 14 against 14 and I think Munster actually end up scoring a try in the back of that so they're big moments it is a little bit of a city tackle um, it looks, yeah, it looks terrible 19, 20, so it, it on doesn't his look great but look he's going low bad. And he, it's just that little extra tip <laughs> yeah. that he does. It just and Shane Daly's not a light fella. I think he weighed in on 100 kegs this week, he was telling me. so. That's, a, that's not an easy lift. Yeah. Um, but it is dangerous and you can't have that in the game. Like So it's yellow card for him. But staying on the points of cards, Jack Crowley was very lucky not to get one. He kind of slipped away there. Zebo got the red card and they did nothing with Jack Crowley. They Do you think nothing. he should have got something, Megan? Or... Um, I suppose because he initiated the tackle first as well and he was very high. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that he even didn't get a talking to, but um, I don't know. It's, do you know, like you were saying, when you get a red card, it feels like the game is done then. Yeah. If he was to get a yellow as well, there would have just been no flow into the match. Yeah. But uh, but it is a tough call, actually. I'm yeah. not sure. Would you That's have the, carded that, him? Mm, I don't know. Like Probably if you're going by letter of the law, you yeah. probably should have given him one, but then... I suppose your kind of rugby brain comes into it and you want the game to flow, but like they're never going to say that. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? You can never come out and say that because that just ruins the game. But um, at least Monster got the win anyway. That's all that matters to me. Yes. Uh, another big talking point in it was uh, Thomas Ahern. He is playing unbelievable. It was his 11th appearance for Munster and he just had another great game, didn't he, Keats? Yeah, he did. And I think he's what, six foot nine, six foot ten? <laughs> like, he's a monster of a young fella. And it's what we need to see a bit more. Uh, I think Leinster are very good at. Like they, they throw in a young guy surrounded by a lot of international players and experience. And, and that's when you want to get your chance yeah. as a young fella. You want to get a chance when you're surrounded by good players around you. You don't want to get your chance when there's another 10, 11, 12 players getting their start. So there, it was great that uh, Thomas got a, got a good chance in a, in a derby mm -hmm. where he could really show his skill. And that's the second or third time now he's actually performed really well on a big occasion. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's good to see and it's good work to see that uh, the Munster development uh, coaches are bringing through these young players. As you said, Kendall and getting a new two-year contract is, is great Huge. to see as well. Yeah, mm. it was his 11th senior appearance. Um, how do you think that they got on in the line out there? There was a few, um, we saw a few there. In, in yeah, the well, as you mentioned there, Thomas Ahern, he managed to rob an yeah. attack line, which is, which is great as a young fella to get up there. But as, as Ian was alluding to there, it's like when he has unbelievable players around him, it gives him that platform and that confidence to get up and do that. Like he's only, what age is he? I'm, I'm not sure what age is, but he is very young. We were actually laughing about this guy because we said, oh, look, he's got a bit of a COVID hairstyle. His mum must have cut that. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy, he went yeah. off with a hat as well. You know, but it's, it's incredible to see these guys coming up through Munster and actually yeah. getting given the opportunities. Like, because we need to start competing with these constant guys coming through Leinster. Just every week there's a new unbelievable guy coming through Leinster. So finally, we have these lads coming through Munster and they're getting their opportunities, um, which is amazing. Like, they're signing them all on. As you said, Alex Kendall got another contract. Jack Crowley's in there, type, uh, type, not type bird. Thomas Ahern. Um, so, look, much more positive this week in relation to Munster. Um, and another kind of talking point in relation to him is Malachi Fekatoa might be coming across. There's not 100% confirmed yet, but what do you think of him coming across with da Damien Delende leaving? Yeah, the old, the, the old rumour mill is starting to, to go around and around again. So, listen, these names are always going to be thrown on the hat. And if you're bringing in a New Zealand All Black, 
it's it's not a bad replacement for for Delande. Yeah. Delande must if these rumors are going on, Delande must be confirmed that he that he's leaving. Or maybe he's confirmed with the coaches, but nothing's out in media. So yeah, it's not a bad replacement to bring in. And people talk about oh, just giving the young guys a, a chance. Like why don't you not mm-hmm. stick with them? But sometimes just bringing in that outside influence kind of have an impact on a young player who when let's say Delande was in there for two years. A lot of people have learned off him, even yeah. Orgy Snyman, a lot of people have learned on him. And they've probably grown as a player when they haven't been able to actually play, but they've learned how to, to be a professional. And, and they just look at the, the basic habits that they do day in, day out. And you can learn so much from having a quality player like that in, in, the, in the environment. Yeah. So yeah, I know Delande's going, Fekete's coming in, he's going to bring another influence and hopefully the, the young players around him like the the Jack Crowleys or the Dan Goggins or or the young wingers coming through can can learn from Fekete. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that is a nice balance to have to have an unbelievable international star surrounding the young guys. I remember when I came in, I think Doug Howlett had just yeah. left and he's what best winger ever to play the game. Yeah. And I, just, you know, I remember watching him as a young fella and I was in there and I was like, oh my God, this is Doug Howlett. And he remember pulling me to the side and giving me little tips and stuff like that. I remember one training session, Zeebo yeah. absolutely did me on the wing and he was just laughing at me and Doug Howlett pulled me to the side and was like teaching me how to do, defend him the next time. And I was like, this is insane. Like, yeah. Doug Howlett's here teaching me. So I'd say it's the same kind of thing. Fekatol come in and help the young fellas come up. But that's what you um, want. It helps to build your confidence. There's nothing worse as a young player when you're going into the squad and you do something wrong or silly or like not the right mistake and and um, you, you your head is down, but like a senior player like that comes in and just gives you a pat on the back saying, no, don't worry, you have this next time. Go forward, yeah, and it's just yeah. brilliant to have. And in fairness to Keith, he was pretty yeah. good like that yeah, with me when I was in there. Yeah, yeah, he does. You were one of the kept, best. I had to keep telling you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Like, Come on, will you do something right, Greg, will you? <laughs> you know, he'd always let me know every yeah. session that he but, did me or got me or something like yeah. that. But it was good because it would make me laugh and it made me more, com- more comfortable in the pitch and want to be better. Like yeah, So those good. kind of moments are huge, I think. Yeah. Um, but you have that natural like coaching instinct in you. That's probably why you've gone into being doing coaching now after you've retired. Yeah, it's actually it's, it's quite rewarding when... Yeah. like. Like you go and t- you talk to a player and you, you tell them, oh, try this, try this. And then they actually do it. You kind of go, that was me. I yeah, you know, I that. That, that was me. That That's was actually cool. me who did that. Yeah, yeah. But no, it is. It is quite rewarding when you, when you, when you, when you help a guy and try yeah. and teach them and they, and they get better. And when they're quite receptive, you're like, and you know that they're listening to you or they're not just going, who's this guy? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, that's what it's all about. It's just, it's giving back to the game and hopefully in that a young fella can develop and, and grow and, you can watch his journey. Yeah, well, that's a passing on your skills. Yeah. I remember you took the academy a couple of times for us just kicking, and like that was completely just off your own schedule, which was massive. Really helped me personally. Obviously, I never turned into a kicker, but like, would help me kind of get more confident in it. So it's a huge part of the game, definitely. But staying on the coaching mm. point, especially in Munster, this whole thing with Johan van Gran, what's your opinion on it, Keats? Well, I obviously worked with Johan. Listen, mm. him and uh, Steve are one of the hardest pe- hardest working people. I know Johan would be in there around four or five in the morning. Wow. Like, wow. And he's got a family. And like, you actually try and ring him and he's actually so hard to catch, but that's because he is constantly working and and developing. And, and like a head coach now, yeah, it's mainly about the game, but I'd say it's about bringing young guys through. It's making mm. sure everything is in place. It's it's. It's a, it's a tough job. Mm. It's a tough, tough job. And there's people coming out during the week saying, oh, oh they need to get rid of him. He's lost, uh, he's lost the interest. I was like, oh my God, these guys don't have a clue. Like, no. if there's anything, if you want to leave, you want to leave on a high, you want to put your best foot forward. And they're still in a great, <laughs> two out of two in Europe. They're what, third, fourth in the league now with a game in hand. That can bring them up to, to second or something like that. Um, 
I was like, they're in a good position. Like, how has he lost interest? Like, just yeah. some throwaway comments during the week is absolutely outrageous. And you're just there going, I know they have the yeah. right to make it. I was like, but you're talking about someone who has a, a life and a family who have committed to, like, Johan's been there nearly four or five years. He's mm -hmm. committed four or five years. And then people are just saying time. he had one bad result against Connacht. And I know it was. It was a poor performance. But it's only one out of how many? Yeah, yeah. And maybe the cast match. one wasn't a good performance. But that's yeah. after the back of COVID. And yeah, like, exactly. It's like you have to just sit back, look at the bigger picture sometimes. And stop throwing away these throwaway comments. Where is he going to next? Bath. He's going to Bath next, yeah. Oh, he is going yeah. to Bath. Because Bath's not having a great season, are they? No, they're not. That's why people are like, oh, why is he leaving? He's going yeah. for the money I'm and sure all he can like inject that. something into them. But um, Larkham as well is going to the Brombies back to back home, with his yeah. family. Yeah. Um, but Roundtree signed on again for Munster, which is massive. Yeah. Sure, his experience is like invaluable. But there's probably going to be need someone else to come in from outside, do you think, Keats? Or are they going to use someone that's already there? Um... I'd say they probably will still bring in someone like Roundtree is, oh, he's an ex-Lions coach, ex-England coach, like he is, he's top drawer and I've met him a few times and he's really invested in the Munster community, like he goes to mm -hmm. like the Gary Owen matches, um, the, the Shannon matches, he, he's quite invested in the community, which is what you want, someone yeah. who's really like taken in the Munster uh, way and Munster philosophy, uh, yeah obviously they're going to have to bring someone else in, whether he stays on as Ford's coach or he takes the head job, we'll wait and see. But it'd be great if they bring one or two guys in, but also start bringing through maybe like they did with like Felix. Like yeah. Felix came in mm -hmm. like and they brought through their own. And I know it, it ended up Felix moving away, but Felix, <laughs> he's a World Cup winner. Jerry Flannery, he's a premiership winner. Like it's, but they wouldn't have got to that unless they were brought in and taken a chance on. Mm -hmm. So it was great that once to take a chance on, yeah, maybe it didn't work out, they went off. But they should start doing that more. It's like, yeah, bring in a coaching staff, but then start bringing through a young coach that they can develop yeah, on a little that. coaching pathway. That's yeah. a great idea. Like, there was a lot of talk asking why Graham wasn't um, being given the opportunity to um, take the full lead in the coaching um, in, in the coaching role. Yeah, Do I don't think, think he's done a full coach. Yeah, role but yet. why not give him a chance? You know, they're, yeah. they're looking for someone new. So we'll put him in there until they find a full time coach. Yeah, well, I'd love and to get see rid you. of you. Johan and well, Steve when at the he moment. no, just when they when he when they finish off, do yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Move right. Graham Roundtree into head coach yeah. and bring someone else in. Yeah, I'd love to see Ian Costello be given even more of a, uh, a role in there because I think he's incredible. Like, he's he's a real monster guy. Went away, learned his trade in Wasps, and came back again. Did really well with the young fellas the other day. So you were there as well, coaching the young guys against Wasps. So as you said, probably a mixture of someone really big name and our own. Um, and yeah. but going away from Munster and talking about Ulster. The inconsistency, like, it's just, it's not great. I don't know what the fans up there are going to be thinking. What do you make of it all? Yeah, I thought it was, it was brave from Darren Cave here last week and mm. Stephen Ferris to be slating Munster. Yeah. Slating Munster so much. And then they're playing them the next week. I'm, I was there going, you're slating Munster. You better make sure you win. Yeah. And they didn't win. And Munster were down to 14 men. So then you have to start going questioning, going like, well, you're slating Munster so much. Like, what about us? And the biggest thing with Ulster at the moment is, like I can see they're playing real nice brand of rugby. They're, they've got great players. Dan McFarlane is a great coach. It's just their inconsistency. They won the first four matches of the season, then lost convincingly to Connacht. Mm -hmm. Then they beat Leinster away from home, and you're like, oh, they're back on the track. Then they lose to Ospreys. Then they have two good wins in Europe, yeah. and then they lose to Munster, and you're there going, what's, what's going mm -hmm. on? Yeah. Um, so Ulster might have some of their own little problems. I think it's just got down to inconsistency, maybe not style of play. But if they're going to compete with the, the Leinsters of, of these worlds, that's where they need to get to. Because yeah. they're, up, they're up there, they're thereabouts. But if you want to be a Leinster, Leinster do a week in, week out. Like. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got to be more consistent. So there's a bit of a break now for the Enterprise for the next few weeks. Um, let's round off, you know, the provinces, how they've they've done over the festive period. I know there hasn't been that many games, but who's done really well, who had, who enjoyed maybe the festive period a little bit too much? What are your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, um, as we mentioned, their Ulster are obviously very inconsistent. I'd mm -hmm. like to see them doing a little bit better. Like the fellows like James Hume and they're playing really, really well, Mike Lowry. So um, I just like seeing the Irish provinces doing well. And it's it's weird to see them so up and down that they're able to go to an RDS and beat Leinster, but then they come down and can't beat a 14-man Munster. Now, I love Munster, but you should be able to beat a team that only has 14 men. Yeah. Uh, I think Munster are having a lot of issues in relation to COVID. Like more than half the team got COVID and isolated for two weeks. And then also the issues with coaching, I think, might be subconsciously infecting their mindset. But the fact that they grinded out against Ulster is really positive. Leinster are always class. Like there's, there's no issues with them. Yeah. And then Connacht, they're doing some great stuff over in the sports ground. Do you know what I mean? They just have a really good team there. And I think they've bonded that they're all out there in Connacht, yeah. you know, like working hard together and they've all kind of come from other places and I think they've really stu good stuff going on there with Andy Friend. But then again, I'm not the, the professional Ian is. So what's your opinion on it all? Yeah, I think uh, style of play with Connacht, like when, when they did play against Munster uh, and everyone was talking how poorly Munster were, I was almost going like, let's give credit, uh, let's give credit to Connacht here. Like they're actually playing really good rugby, yeah. exciting play. And it's got a lot to do with Andy Friend, well, even Mossy Lauder came in, who is a Munster man, yeah. who brought in a nice uh, attacking philosophy there. Mm. Um, the thing with Connacht is, like they're still around seventh, eighth on the table. And if they want to be taken seriously, they need to push on. They need, like we just talked about Ulster, they need to be that consistency. They're playing, they're both playing really nice brands of rugby, mm. but they need to get to that next level. and. It's a bit like Munster in the weekend. Yeah, they didn't play great, but they grounded out a win. Even when Leinster don't play well, they still find a way to win. And that's where Ulster, Connacht need to get to. And probably Munster now, even when they're not playing well, they need to get to win. So yeah. I think everyone's a little bit jealous of the, the Leinster philosophy and where they are at the moment. Yeah. Like, they look impressive. Yeah. And that's where... I think Munster, Ulster and Connacht need to, to get back up yeah. there. They're probably going away now for the next few weeks, regroup. And um, Joe, do you think the, the time off, the next, few, the next few games will do them good, all the teams, especially Leinster? Because we haven't really, they haven't played in how many weeks now? Yeah, I think there'd be a big uh, mindset around regrouping over the next yeah. couple of weeks and getting fellas back in and like get over this Christmas, New Year's stuff and get over the COVID stuff. Like I think most people have had it, so it means everyone's immune, mm -hmm. which is probably low-key a good thing because everyone can just go train now and just really get ready. And the short next Six Nations is coming up, so I think it's a big refocusing. Um, but... Out of interest, Ian, would you rank Connacht above Ulster at the moment in in mm. the provinces? Because uh, obviously well, you, Leinster, you Munster, and then yeah, you can't really say that. What, considering yeah. Leinster are what third in the table, or Ulster? Are, sorry, Ulster are third in the table, so you can't really say that. Um, as I said, I'm enjoying their rugby. I'm enjoying watching to see how Connacht play, but they're not getting the wins. And mm -hmm. at the bottom line, it's a business. It's like yeah, yeah. there's the entertainment factor. But fans prefer you to win rather than to be entertained, which is the yeah. sad effect of it. Um, as I said earlier, Munster can play like negative rugby or that kicking game. But if they win, they're fine. If they lose, then they'll get a bit of abuse. A, yeah, a bit, a <laughs> bit of abuse. Real bad abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Connacht, yeah, they're playing the entertaining rugby. They're they're, they're really stepping it up, but they're not getting the results. Mm -hmm. They're eight in the table. Um, so it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And you're saying like, over the next break, they've got two European games coming up. Like I think Munster are playing on Friday, so there's there is no break. They're yeah. straight into it. Oh, okay. And then, I should really know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break from the URC. Yeah, yeah. 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 from the URC. It. And then 
so there's the European games yeah. and then there's the Six Nations. So like, it's going to be tough. When is the last time even Leinster played? I can't even remember. That, uh, that's what I was saying. It was a good yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, I think it might have been just before Christmas, was it? I could be wrong saying that. Yeah. But, um, anyways, moving on from yes. the Irish provinces, because we could talk about them all day. <laughs> Another team that uh, Ian Keatley has played for is Glasgow Warriors, and they had a massive win, 38-19. Um, do you want to just talk to me about that one? Did you, did you catch it? Yeah, I, I, I watched and listen. I kind of keep Glasgow in the corner of my eye because that's the last club I finish out with. Mm. And Nigel Carolyn, who is ex-Connacht uh, coach, uh, he's taken over the attack coach there and uh, he, he's doing wonders and talking to a few of the boys out there, like they, they love him. So it's great to see an Irish coach abroad having their, an impact on, the, on a, an opposition uh, game plan. Um, yeah, and Nigel's doing really well, and Glasgow look look exciting, and uh, they're they're sent their Sione, I Sione Tupilutu. Yeah, I I wasn't gonna take a chance and present, <laughs> present that. Pretty so. bitch that. Did you not play with him? <laughs> no, no, he only arrived now this year. So, uh, but he looks pretty impressive. He 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 kind of has an all all round game, and he scored two pretty good tries in that match. Yeah, they were incredible. He had a serious game at thirteen. What I couldn't get over is his size, mm-hmm. ball handling skills, but also he can move. Yeah, yeah. like he's easily weighing in at over hundred kegs, like if not one ten, and he's just burning fellas. Like so, could he qualify to play for Scotland? He can. Yeah, yeah. 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 I so, think his great 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 grandparents. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> some some little loophole in. No, I think it's his granddad. Yeah. It's Scottish intro. There's some little loophole anyway. He's you got wonder if you'll get in there for the Six Nations. Well, yeah. I would say the way he's playing, like I could see him in the Scottish colours, the Six Nations, but who knows? The teams aren't out yet. But the start of the game, it was quite uh, tight at the start of the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Cole Forbes put Glasgow ahead with a try, and there was kind of no looking back from there. Then there was yeah. just complete dominance from Glasgow. To give you some stats for the rugby nerds, there was 71% <laughs> possession for Glasgow, which is nuts. Yeah. There's 601 meters made versus 331, and then five tries versus one. Like it was just complete dominance, wasn't it, Keith? Yeah, 331 mm-hmm. for for the Ospreys is still a pretty good stat for the Ospreys. Like so, yeah. They were in much... the game the whole time till probably the second half, and then Glasgow Warriors just took it away probably the second half. Really, yeah. like here, Ospreys are a good team. They've beaten yeah. Munster and also this year. So I'd rate them. I did. I'm big fans of Ospreys. Yeah, yeah no, they're very good. So for Glasgow to put in mm-hmm. such a dominant performance is. They've really put their hands up for for contenders this year. Yeah, yeah. I thought a standout player for me um, in the forwards actually was Ryan Wilson. Like you've played with him, um, he's a really great captain, and he set up um, the thirteen Sion Tupilutu's uh, second try. Yeah, yeah. I thought he had a great game. No, Ryan is a is a very good player. I remember when I got there, uh, he was one of the first guys to send me a text. Uh, introduced me to the club, uh, making sure that myself and my family are well. So oh, I know nice. there's a lot of, yeah. he gets a lot of abuse. <laughs> from such an English accent. Yeah, but he's such a, I think he's had bad in, run-ins yeah. with Munster in the past, but uh, he's a real nice guy, a real a real gent of a man, and he's actually a very smart rugby player as well. Yeah. You can see, uh, we might see his try later, or Sione's try later, and yeah. the line that he takes, he's just, he's just a smart rugby player. Yeah, 100%. And another guy to check out, um, to keep an eye on for Scotland, is a guy called Rory Darge. 21 years old. I don't know if you had to play with him. Was he there when you were there? Yeah, he literally. So he was with the uh, Edinburgh Academy, and he, he got a cho- he had a choice to stay in Edinburgh or go to Glasgow, and Glasgow said, "Listen, we'll give you, we'll see how you go. We'll give you a bit of game time." Came in, hit the floor mm-hmm. running, hit the ground running, and he's he's their he's their best forward probably this year. He's he's 21, but he's a, he's aggressive. He can carry. He can tackle, and he's got a few man of matches already this year. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. Just 21 kind of, years old. I was like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible what the right environment can do for a young fella, isn't it? Like, just let them flourish. But we've talked about 
Put a young yeah. fella in there with a with a, a good group around him, like he will take off. If you give a young guy a chance with other ten young guys, he's not gonna establish himself as much. So yeah. throw a young guy in there and, and you'll be surprised. Exactly. At twenty one years of, years of age, he had ninety eight meters made in that game and he had twelve carries, which is just he's fronting up. He's obviously a very confident guy. So um look out for him as well. Scotland have a really good thing going going on over there. How do you think they've gone the Six Nations? They're nice players around, don't they? Well, you just have to look at the league. And this has happened before. Edinburgh and Glasgow have done well, but Scotland haven't kicked on. So I think it's I think it's time now that Scotland, if you're going to do something, this is the right time because you have, you have some unbelievable players like Hogg, like Russell. Yeah. You see all the, the Edinburgh and Glasgow players now. So if, if you're going to win something, it's probably going to be this year um, to make a statement in the Six Nations, um, as you just talked about those players there. So yeah, let's see how they do. But they always just seem to to, to talk themselves up and then come in a f fourth or fifth. and then, So yeah, exactly. we'll see yeah. what happens. We're looking forward to yeah. seeing them anyway. And kind of a... Tip the hat to Ospreys. Dan Evans got a consolation try at the end, but that was as good as it got for them, really. And another game for us to talk about was the Edinburgh-Cardiff game. So 34-10, a great win by Edinburgh. They just have a really, really good team going on there. A couple, couple Argentinian wingers, and they're just really flowing rugby. What did you make of that game? Yeah, Edinburgh, pretty impressive. They, they once again, got rid of their head coach, Richard Cockerell Jr., and got replaced by Mike Blair. And what talk about making an impact. Like, I think all the... The players seem to, seem to love them and, and they've moved on to that new back pitch uh, in Edinburgh and it's it's a 4G pitch and I think they're mm -hmm. they're playing quite, quite quick and expansive rugby and yeah, they're, they're good to watch and they're top of the table, they're, they're ahead of Leinster. I know Leinster have a game in hand but listen, they've made a statement as I said there, Edinburgh, Glasgow, two, two teams in the running up there with the Irish teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well just to kind of put a stats on how dominant they were. Mm -hmm. um, Cardiff players made a whooping 129 tackles, which is class, but they still missed 41 likes. So it just means they were just falling off tackles all day. Um, but I was really impressed with Mark Bennett. Mm. He was just, I think he made three or four clean line breaks. He had uh, 131 metres made off 10 carries. Like, he's just a really good player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, he's been around the block for a while now and he probably goes unnoticed. And He's been playing quite a bit with injuries, hasn't he? Which is um, so he hasn't had as many appearances because of that. But he he's been superb. The pace onto the ball, and he was he, he linked up so well with the um, the Argentinian winner win, uh, winger. Yeah. I can't say what's his name. Buffelio. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Buffelio. Yeah. 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 Was a brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Try at the end. Buffelio. Buffelio. <laughs> <laughs> I find it a bit mad though oh. that these Argentinian wingers yeah. are going up to Edinburgh. Like, sure, they have really good wingers in Scotland, yeah. and they have these two Argentinian guys coming up. As you had Emiliano Buffelio and Ramiro Miano, great players, but like, sure, they're Scottish guys sitting around there being like, "What about me?" <laughs> what <do you> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, but. Listen, you can get you can get these RGs in for cheap. I think the Jaguars, the Jaguars have have disbanded, and there's been a lot of Argentinian players who have just been left, and they're looking for contracts. And if you can get some international players in on, on the cheap, well, I don't know how cheap they're on them, but like yeah. once again, we talked about it earlier, bringing in mm -hmm. quality players to to help boost your squad can help a lot of young players kick on. Yeah, uh, and also they're helping Edinburgh and Glasgow kick on. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think I think. Um, the crowds won't give it, give out as long as they see results. Yeah, if, if the results choice. aren't there, they'll be giving out. Oh, why are you not giving the Scottish guys a chance? But yeah. if you see results, then a lot of people will stay quiet. They're really entertaining Edinburgh um, to watch, aren't they? Like so much pace onto the ball, and especially their first try, it was really made out of nothing. It's like a turnover from from the back of the rock, and they were all really really flat. And I think it was Kinghorn who just ran straight through down the middle. Um, 
injecting so much pace into it and he has been superb I think he's an incredible athlete Kinghorn what do you think of him yeah, yeah Kinghorn when he first came onto the scene he was only 18 it feels like he's been playing yeah. for years and he's still quite young uh, but yeah, Kinghorn he's a quality player he kicked the ball a mile as well as mm. well as his, his running game and yeah Edinburgh look look decent enough yeah, they do. Yeah, especially uh, Mark Bennett as well. Um, if you had him in your fancy rugby the weekend, he you would have done incredibly. He had uh, 16 carries, 135 meters gained, as I was saying, and his first half try was incredible. Especially, I like that one, but his second one was even better. He did the show and go, and then kept going through. It was just so casual, but so clinical. He sends this guy into the touchline. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually what I'm coaching a lot of the young guys coming through is the show go. It's probably yeah. the best. It's probably the best moving rugby at the moment. Yeah, you can show go mm-hmm. and you can create space for yourself. Go through a hole without even passing the ball. Right. <laughs> like definitely. it's definitely an under underused um, move from a lot of young guys, but. Um, it's definitely coming yeah. into the game a lot more. Do you Huge have the young guys actually? Co- you're coaching them that specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just calling, we're calling it the pump, and you just do two two v one drills, and you're just practicing pumping, pumping, and just trying to get a reaction from the defender. It, it helps either create space for yourself, or it really draws a, a guy onto you, and you can create space for someone else. So yeah. it's a it's a big skill work on that. As I said. It's probably the best move in the game. You don't even have to make a pass and you can create space and score tries, yeah. as we saw there. Yeah, yeah. He had a huge fend as well in that. Is that something that you would work on in training as well? Just like a really strong fend, you know, one-on-ones. Yeah, rugby is all about creating space mm. for, for someone else or for yourself. So just talked about there about the dummy or, or the pump. Is that is trying to create space. But yeah. if you can, it's, a, it's like a little triple threat. If you can, if you can pump, step, hand off, you're just creating that space between you and the defender. And that's what it's all about. Ruby, just try, trying to find those little margins of space so you can, as I said, you can take the space or make space for someone else. And yeah. they're, they're the small margins in Ruby. Yeah, big hand off in the face is never good. I've had a few and uh, <laughs> it's soul destroying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there as well, to I be know. fair, yeah. Um, so Mark Bennett, yeah, incredible weekend, probably player of the weekend. Um, we should probably mention Cardiff, though. The yeah. only glimmer of light for them, really, is that Liam Williams uh, looks to be moving from Scarlet. So that's really cool, be joining Thomas Francis and Talupe Falatau. Um, so could Cardiff finally get things right with those fellas around? They had one good try. It was a really, it was Owen Lane. Um, he kicked the ball through. It was a good football skills. He kicked it like three or four times, but like takes some composure and skill to be able to pick up that ball and score. So that was great. Yeah. For them, a little That was a good moment, end. yeah. But I do think they need yeah. these, these extra players coming in to kind of spice them up a little yeah. bit. And Liam Williams is one of the best wingers in the world. Like, so do you think that will kind of help them out, Ian? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Listen, yeah. Liam Williams is a top quality player. Uh, it is, it's transfer season around this time period. So, uh, that's why it was funny when um, when Van Gran and uh, Larkham said that they were moving on. People were like, I'll oh, just get rid of them. But you don't say that about a player, like you know. <laughs> when the player says he's moving, it's like, oh, okay, he'll still do well for the end of the season. So yeah. it it is uh, that time of year. Um, uh, but I think it's great for for Cardiff and it's great for for the for the URC that these players aren't moving away to to France or to or to England. They're all staying within the URC. Mm-hmm. Both. Uh, and bolstering Cardiff and the more top players in this league is going to bolster the competition. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Should we move on to nominations for try of the weekend? Yes. We yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so first up, um, we have our own Munster versus Ulster. Mike Haley had a lovely try. We kind of touched on it earlier. Uh, Craig Pace, Casey had an unbelievable pass and 
once again, as Ian brought up, the conditions were ridiculous, which makes this pass even better. It's a good 15, 20 minute pass off the base there, isn't it? Really good. Yeah, it's a nice try. It's actually the build up to the try before that when Jack O'Donoghue made the break. And obviously we can't show the whole thing, but the whole build up to this try was excellent. Uh, and it got topped off there by Craig with that lovely pass. And I know uh, Mike Haley would get the credit, but. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> second one, my man here. Uh, Sion Tupalutu, 13, go <laughs> bashing through, um, great bit of skill, sidestepping a lot of play people and um, yeah, really good individual brilliance, I thought, um, really strong from Ryan Wilson to um, give that ball as well. Yeah, it's just a, a little pump there by the Glasgow fullback, Ryan Wilson with a great line, yeah. it's just a little subtle line, subtle, little subtle change of direction and some, some finish by Sione there. Uh, great line by Ryan, little offload and then handoff. Step, hand off again. Yeah, that's just creating that space that we we're talking about. The and 10 was a bit poor there, not yeah. holding on to that tackle. And then our last one was the fake doing a box kick and then whipped it wide. And there's Bennett that we were talking about, some acceleration through the gap. And he finds the winger here on the edge. Yeah, pass Lovely. at full pace as well Incredible. to finish off. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad skill, but yeah, the fake box kick because you set up a fake kick, uh, box kick, yeah, the defense starts to drop off, getting back for the counter attack. And then you rip it out and you you create that space for yourself. Yeah, very so simple but so intelligent. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great finish. So who would be your favourite, Ian? Uh, you can take your pick. I, I love that try because yeah. like we talked about the fake uh, um, kick and then think, but I I liked Glasgow's try. Just, yeah, that's because you you just came from Glasgow. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> could I not have picked the Munster yeah. try like I'm working with them? So yeah. no, no. I just think with the uh, with the lines are running, the the dummy, the lines are running, the handoff. Uh, it, it was a, it was a nice try. Yeah, I go with that one. It was an incredible try. What do you think? Yeah, Megan? same. I love that one. I thought he Lovely. had a brilliant game. Do you want to mention his name again? <laughs> Sion Tupalutu. <laughs> I think I've mentioned his name okay, five times. Easy, girl. Yeah, yeah. I was like in my head last night practicing his yeah. name because I was like, that's unreal. I thought yeah, he was yeah. great. I hope, yeah, your, I hope your husband didn't hear my you talking about it. In yeah, bed talking about his name. No, you nailed it. You nailed it. So yeah, move Jesus. on to Jukebox of the Week then. Jukebox of the Week. Yeah, yes. Jason's obviously missing this. Is his favorite part of the week but um we'll we'll continue on with it the first one was from walter fifita um glasgow versus nice. ospreys yeah just a big big man carrying in great there. tackle though to be fair he was yeah. these that big was island huge. boys they they know how to square you up and just carry just, this like, one is Megan's oh, guy again again, again yeah, yeah. like uh two palutu again for glasgow <laughs> and it's gone with a pathetic effort there pounding through really great carry here as well so strong on the floor to be able to present that ball. Yes, and the last one here is um, Gavin Coombs carries into James Hume and Nick Timoney gets involved as well and they push Gavin Coombs over the edge, which yeah. is not an easy feat. And then handbags afterwards. Handbag. But oh, yeah. Greg, yeah. you love that, don't you? I just am not Greg was a, always about that when he was a player. I'm not a fan of the handbag <laughs> stuff. Like, there's no need for it, but in fairness to James, that's a great tackle because Gav is a big man. Yes. Um, so what do you think? Where, what do you vote for, Megan? I am going to go. I like the first try, actually. Uh, the first one, um, Walter, I thought that was a great carry and super tackle. Keats, what are you thinking? Uh, Strong. Yeah, I like that as well. But I like I liked Hume's tackle just the way he, he made the initial hit and then he kept going. He kept mm. the legs alive. I know it was against Monsters guy. But uh, <laughs> it, was good, it was good to show that just after you make an initial hit, to keep driving the legs because you can get rewarded at the second half, or yeah. second end of the tackle. Yeah, I think even though I didn't like what he did afterwards, I yeah, uh, I'm going for James Hume as well because I think just Gab Coombs is a hard man to tackle. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, so two to one, James Hume. It was a back as well. Fatima. We have to. 
A back to support a, a back against a forward as well. Exactly. Um, so. All right, so James Hume gets winner for Jukebox of the Week, two to one. Um, and it was it was good hit in fairness to him. Yeah. I'm surprised you picked him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian, we've asked our viewers to send in some questions. Um, so it'd be great to get some really good answers from you. Um, oh, God, here <laughs> we go. It's a good one. I'll start you off. I'll kick you off with um, how did you find the coaching experience with the senior squad recently? And how impressed were you by the lads who got the result at Wasps? Uh, yeah, it was nice to get a little, little taste of it. Um, the preparation, the, the amount of detail they have to go into week in, week out from a coaching perspective. Obviously, you, can, you know how much mm -hmm. you have to put in as a player, but as a coach, it's it's twofold, even threefold, the amount of work that they had to do and the interaction between the coaches who are stuck in South Africa and Ireland, but uh, Ian Costello managed that really well. But on a personal level, I, I absolutely loved it coming in and working with Pete and Murray and just seeing how they've developed since I've I'm pretty much gone three years now. So seeing how yeah. they've actually developed as players in three years, it's, it's been immense. And they actually really took over that week. And it was great to see, as we talked about, uh, the young players being mixed in with mm -hmm. the, the more what, 10 uh, international players. Yeah. You could see those young players just really stepped up. And it was, it was actually like, probably won't go down in history as the best months of performance, but it, it was massive to see those young players come true and, and get the performance against Walsh. Oh, it sounds amazing. It looks like you've taken to coaching like really well. Like, you know, because it's hard to leave rugby full time, I can imagine, and, you know, put your heart and soul into into a different side of rugby. Yeah, well, it's, I've been doing rugby for yeah. 13, 15 years, so it's what I know best. Like, mm -hmm. I, Couldn't do anything else. Yeah, like you, you go to a co college and study something for three years and you get a job. Like I've been studying monster or rugby for 13, 14, 15 years. So. Yeah. It's it's what I know best, um, and I still don't get it right. So um, it's it's great to be involved in like a, like as a player, as a coach, you have down days, but it's uh, the good days outweigh the the bad days. So yeah. I, I'm loving it at the moment. Oh, so you're enjoying amazing. the coaching experience, yeah. But you mentioned there that when I was playing with you or coach, training with you, I thought you were really meticulous and the extra hours you'd put in the video room or on the pitch. Mm. But you're saying it's two three times that for coaching. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to plan the actual the day, the coaching of the day. You have to review it after. You have to plan for the whole week. You have to plan for the matches that is coming up on the weekend while also reviewing the match that you played the weekend before. And you have to develop the skill, uh, the skills of the players over a period of time. So like you're thinking six weeks in advance. More as a player, mm. you're probably more thinking week in, week out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 tough going and. It's it's long hours and you need to really love it to to really engulf yourself in it. Yeah. Which, Could you see yourself staying in that role and keep keep coaching or or what are you thinking? Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. as I said there. It's something. It's rugby is what I know best, and I think I have a a good knack at a good communication with players. Uh, but th that is the biggest my biggest work on is how to communicate, how to get your point across. Like I. I know what to do at the right time, but it's how you communicate to the players and to get the best out of them. To get the best out of them, but they haven't learned. Uh, you haven't coached until they've learned. Mm -hmm. So you could say it one way, but you might have to say it another way to someone else who learns differently. Sometimes they need to see it. Sometimes they need to be shown it. Yeah. Um. So everyone learns differently. So yeah. to try and get that across as a coach is it's quite difficult. Yeah. And do you still yeah. get out on the pitch? I can get throw the ball around. Or are you more in the coaching room? 
yeah no no i actually i that's that's what i love most about coaching is getting on the pitch and even yeah you do you, you jump in sometimes uh and coaching sometimes mm. and sometimes i drop back in the pocket and just try and hit those 50 22s because they weren't in when i was playing i was like <laughs> yeah. that's my game <laughs> so I i'd hit the corners and like try and get a 50 22 and be like yeah yeah and then you you in your head you can try to stick a little bit to them if, so like, you're in your head you're going yeah, yeah i still got this i, still, I yeah. can still play at this level yeah. Yeah. but it makes such a difference like i know when i was playing when I had a coach that I really liked and enjoyed, they got the best out of me and I played my best rugby. Whereas, you know, if someone doesn't know you well enough and don't know how to like react to your emotions or in the moment, things like that, you can ha that's a difference between a good player and a bad player. Like it's literally the coach. Yeah. And what I've also noticed like as a coach, it's like some players actually like to be given out. Yeah. They need it to, to stimulate. Push so I was always like, oh, why is a coach giving out to me? Like, because some players don't like to be given out. Mm. Some guys need it. Some guys need a little kick up the ass, as yeah. they say. So it's trying to find to, to know your players as well, who who needs what, who wants what. Some want loads of information. Some, some don't want information. And then, <laughs> there's so many aspects of coaching that you have to get right. So it, yeah. it, it's okay. such an interesting concept. Yeah. And uh, my own personal question, do you think that you don't know the boots aren't going to be thrown back on, you're going to get playing again? or I, I, I love, but I, I, listen, I think I have to put my family first now and they're kind of settled. Um, Lisa, Lisa, my wife's gone back to school teaching. Um, my kids are four and one, so the little one's going to be starting school in September. So I've been quite selfish over the last quite years, bringing them to Italy, bringing them to Scotland. So I think it's yeah. about time I, I give back to them. and. Listen, I, I'm in a good role in, in Munster here at the moment where I'm learning my trade a bit as a coach, where I can take my time and try things out. If I make mistakes, it's not it's not crucial. So mm. I'm trying to learn my trade as a coach and making sure that I get that right first. Yeah, well, you had an incredible career. Like, so it, like looking back, you can only be happy with it. Um, and going back to the very early days of your career when you were in Connacht, um, nowadays you see guys playing in Connacht that they do well, they're getting a chance with Ireland, they're getting their caps. It probably wasn't really like that when you were there out in the sports ground. Um, do you think when you were there you kind of had to move away to get the Irish cap? What do you make of all that? Um, well, when I first moved to Connacht it was a sign of, of playing rugby. I was, I was in Leinster and I was fourth or fifth choice probably. Uh, I remember there was Contopomi there, uh, Sexton was there, they just signed Issa Nasiwa. And they were like saying to me, like, oh, you'll get a contract next year if I stayed. And I was like, well, I could go to Connacht and I could be getting 30 games. And w when I left Connacht, I had 80, 80 uh, caps under my belt, which was incredible, incredible yeah. for, I was only like 24. Mm. Yeah. Um, so to get that playing experience was crucial for me. And I think only Sean Cronin was an established probably Irish player at that time. There was John Muldoon and Gav Duffy who were, they'd get one or two caps, but... Sean Cronin was the only established kind of player, but now you can see there's like a, like Robbie Henshaw was there, there's Kieran Marmion, Bundyaki, uh, Finlay Bielan, Ulton Delan, who are all established um, uh, Irish players now, and they've got over probably 10 caps um, on average. Yeah. Uh, they're all over that. So it is, it's not a, a stepping stone anymore. Uh, Connacht have really put their foot forward. And as I said there earlier, they need to start performing in the league to be up fourth third yeah. in the league if they're really going to be kick on. Um, so when you were playing for Munster, um, you were with them for quite a while. Um, do you have a, a most memorable uh, moment for playing for them? Uh, it was eight years and it was a bit of a roller coaster yeah. ride sometimes, but uh, I wouldn't change anything. There's, there's a few, obviously, I wouldn't say there's one. 
Like there's a few, obviously getting your first Munster cap, mm-hmm. like there's milestones, like your 100th, 150th. Wow. Um, obviously the drop goal against Sale was an unbelievable feeling of pure emotion. Like I'll never forget my roar after that when it went over straight over the black spot. Uh, <laughs> unreal. Tee up the clip yeah, there. Yeah, but, but to actually win it, like yeah. to, a, a single moment when you know time's up to kick and to actually win it. Amazing. It, it is an unbelievable feeling. Uh, then obviously uh, Axel passing away. Jeez, yeah. uh, that's that, that was one of the most mm-hmm. emotional things. But that match in Thoman Park against Glasgow, like like that's, they're, they're moments that you don't forget. Even being over in France, preparing for a match and finding out about uh, Anthony passing away. Like these yeah. are like, apart from rugby, like take rugby out of it. These are like big life-changing um, moments in your life. And you, you appreciate a lot, a lot more things in, in life uh, after these moments have happened, uh, as I said, aside from rugby. Yeah. So they've had big effects on yeah, the rugby, but more importantly, uh, life-changing moments. Yeah, definitely. Um, and shout out to Axel as well. Very, 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 very sad. Uh, so moving on to the next question. Who is the most intelligent player you've ever played with? You've been with a few teams now, so it's probably a tough one to pick one. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pick. So It's fairly putting that you on is, the spot. That's now, a tough it? question, yeah. yeah. So in Connacht, I love playing with Frank Frank Murphy. Like, Frank Murphy would have done, like, he, he brought in, like, dead duck uh, bounce kicks. Or um, <laughs> uh, what do they call the floating kicks? Like, when it's uh, dead ducks, they call them. Yeah. And he was doing ones off boxing. I remember we were playing once wow. one time, and Danny Barnes was under a receiving end of it, and he was under it, and the ball was like that. <laughs> hit him straight in the face. <laughs> it was brilliant. And then with the... Um, oh, sorry, for the listeners, dead duck is when you kick the ball up and carry on, but it's not spinning. The ball is just completely yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. And it's, down, and it's yeah. moving from left to right. Like, you're under it. You're, you're there trying to, like... It's just swaying from side to side, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was hilarious. Frank Murphy, yeah. That. So that's quite yeah thing. And then with Monster, like obviously had Paul O'Connell's, mm-hmm. uh, the Dougie Howitts. But actually, do you know who's quite uh, uh, Zebo? Like, like he he admit himself, he wouldn't be like the most intelligent at school. <laughs> but like on a rugby pitch, like when he saw space and like whenever we got a penalty advantage, he'd run some unbelievable lines for like little chipping over. Mm-hmm. And he used to say to me, "Is like if we get a penalty advantage, look for me." Because we got penalty advantage, I look out and you can see him start creeping forward. And we did one against Leicester one year that we got penalty advantage. It hit me and I could just see Zebo at the corner of my eye and I just chipped it over. And he just ran some really clever lines. Wow. Like you, don't, you don't get so many tries for Munster without being a smart rugby player. Yeah. yeah. And then probably Glasgow, uh, Ryan Wilson, we just talked about him there for, for one of the tries. Like he was... Mm. Uh, he was a line-out operator. He got all the, the forwards like in sync and then he just run some really clever lines. Um, just a real kind of smart rugby player. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say um, like Zebo and Wilson would be some crack, you know, at training. Is there anyone that stands out for you that would be like the most fun? Like, do you remember, um, you, know, you know, on the training pitch, like what did you learn from them? And who was like the most fun that you had with, uh, if you remember anyone? Yeah, probably... Probably Zebo or, yeah. or Dave Kilcoyne. Oh, he's <laughs> he's so funny. Like sometimes his mannerisms. He doesn't even mean to be funny, and you just kind of look at him, and he starts talking. You just start cracking up laughing. <laughs> Zebo's like, yeah, he great atmosphere around the around the change room, always singing, dancing, smiling, and he just puts you at ease. And yeah, me and me and Zebo had some good times together in the change room, and uh, yeah, 
Probably Zebos for a very funny life. Yeah. You know? Just put, as you said, put you at ease. Yeah. And when you're relaxed and at ease, you're, you play your best. Mm. Oh, definitely. You know, a funny thing that Zebos doing so, at the moment on social media is kicking the other players' uh, gear bags or yeah. like packages. Brilliant. I don't know if you see, if you follow on social media, but someone will get like a I package of boots or gear, and you just pick it up and kick it, like which is so. Funny. I think, oh, I think, I think him and Murray were calling calling themselves the cartel. And, they, and they, yeah, like these things, and they go around and like, I think one time they they even like took one of the bags and and burnt it. Like that's no that's the level it got. To. Yeah, like, yeah. but it's all like some people are like that's so immature. But like oh, when, when you're fun. when you're in a rugby team environment, it's like being back in school. You're in yeah. there with your mates, and it's just good crack. And yeah, you're kicking the bags, and they just record it, and then they just. So Kick funny, like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're lucky it's not anything valuable. Like, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's it. It's a bit of banter, like get a bit of humor in there, because rugby can just be so meticulous and monotonous sometimes. Like, yeah. so you need fellas like that around. Um, moving on, though. So the next question is regarding to the team bus and whereabouts did you sit on the team bus in different teams and did it change over the years? Were you back at the bus, legend, or were you up at the front with the music on? Uh, <laughs> I remember at the, thing, I remember at the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Team legend, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's no. just like all the cool kids would be at the back and like. Yeah. Well, you did. Yeah. Some, like, it is I remember, like that. I remember over in Benetton, it was like senior players at the back. Like, oh, really? like if you went back there, they'd be like, what are you doing? I was a senior player at the time, but I always sat, sat uh, third up funny. from back left, third up. And I was like, you get so back there and you see someone in your spot and you're like, you don't want to say it to them because you, you don't want to come across as a. You know, you but like you're like, you're, you're there kind of going, yeah. that's my spot. Uh, but you'd sit, you'd sit beside them or anything and just nudge into them. Yeah. Is this my spot? No, no, you're fine. Um, but like, no, I, I actually got rid of superstition. I was quite superstitious when I was young. Oh, really? Uh, but I just got rid of it. I was like, listen, if you're going to make it to the, uh, to like top, mm-hmm. you have to get rid of su- superstitions. They don't actually matter. Mm. Um, so I got rid of all that. But I did like to sit in the bus, third off and back left. It's it. so specific. Where did you sit? Yeah, yeah, but I'm not superstitious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you sit at the back or the front? Um, I, I'd be kind of a man to move up and around the bus. Like, yeah, I like Team chatting social. to everyone. Like, when the sevens bus, though, we wouldn't have had the the lovely like uh, coaches that you would be in the minibus. You know from the, the sevens. tiny little bus where your feet are up you on each other's seats and you just all the bags are in. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're sitting on top of the physio, like the SNCs yeah, yeah. at your feet. You know what I mean? You're trying to get carbs in for the match. Like, yeah. so, uh, Some people would be standing up on the seats and like, trying to get your hair done like get all the plaits in yeah. <laughs> that happens in the boy bus yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg was trying to get his hair done <laughs> yeah bandanas going on the tan yeah yeah no um, I'd be kind of a floater like floating around um, definitely but the last question yes. and I very interesting one um, who would you think is the best out half in the world rugby right now oh question right now. well I think that's a tough one again yeah it is tough because you have to understand like styles of rugby and like every team plays so, so differently like you, you've got like let's say the two New Zealand boys Bowden Barrett and uh, Richie Monger like they're two completely different like Richie Monger is more of like a tactical kicker but he also can pass run kick Bowden Barrett has got that mm. electric pace but he's probably not the best goal kicker in the world and mm. that's probably why he got replaced Um then you have the likes of Marcus Smith uh, over in England who are like he is so electric like and he's still only 22 years yeah. old. Like. Would you put him in that conversation, best in the world? <laughs> he's getting up there. Like yeah. uh, that's the same. Like I heard that a few times now. He's, he's, he's getting up there, and like he's 
he's putting a putting a good marker down. Then you have mm. Owen Farrell, who's so solid week in, week out. Like yeah. Mr. Consistency, that's got a lot to be said as well. Consistent performance. Yeah. Sexton's still still up there. Probably just a lot of people are questioning him just with uh, with a few injuries, but he still is yeah. like 35, 36 yeah. years old. Like yeah. still, when he does play, he still plays at that. He's still the best top. player in the pitch when he's yeah, playing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like can can you put someone in that category if they're mm. they're a little bit getting injured? As I said, like is the best ability availability. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's there's those comments. True. And then you got Entomac over in France who's playing with Dupont, who I, I just that combination together for France is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and here's they're still playing winning rugby, but it's entertaining, and yeah. that's what the crowds want to see. They want they want winning rugby. With entertainment, especially the French, that's yeah, awesome. the yeah. French, and that's and that's probably the ultimate. That's what Leinster are doing: the winning rugby, but they're entertaining. France are entertaining, winning rugby, and that's what the crowds want to see. Do you have to pick Mike one. Mike drop. Yeah, you know, he, he hasn't hasn't picked one yet. He's, uh, named, like, he's named like six out. Oh, of no. yeah. I was gonna say, right, that's all we have time for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and next week, yeah. <laughs> he's completely avoided yeah, yeah, the question. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You just keep talking until oh, no. you don't have to give an answer, and the time's up. So. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, pick um, one. Okay. It's tough. I, I, probably Richie Monger, Monga is the best in the world. That um, would have been mine as well, yeah. And then uh, and Tamak is just because he's he's so young, but he's yeah. he's so cool under pressure, which is yeah. nice to see. Brilliant. Well, Ian, you've been a fantastic guest. Thanks so much for joining us again for House of Rugby. It's a yeah, joy yeah. to have you on. You're yeah, brilliant. Thanks. And once again, sorry for, as you said, looking like a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Covering the festive belly now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was great to have you on, yeah. Keats. And thanks very much, of course, to our sponsors, Bank of Ireland, proud sponsors of the four Irish provinces. And that's it for the week. Thanks very much. And we'll catch you next time. Joe presents House of Rugby. United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Yeah.